Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Podcast. Our thanks to Rehoy and Son for their support of the show. Coming up this week, we'll look back at a vital win for Guernsey FC and speak to the man whose halfway line goal, his second for the club, set it up, Will Fazakli. Um, we'll also reflect on a better week for Saints, who put a difficult couple of days behind them to win twice in the matter of a few days. Plus, the Channel Islands has a Premier League player again. Alderney have a junior team playing in Guernsey for the first time, and the Under-18 League is hotting up. Chat on all of that to come. I'm Tony Kerr, and alongside me this week is Jim Fallot. Hi, Tony. Great to see you, Jim. Um, we've got to start with GFC, I think. A much-needed win for them on Saturday. They beat Chipstead 2-1 away to secure just their second victory of the season and move up to 16th in the Isthmian South Central. Uh, Matt Loring scored the first from the spot, but it was Will Fazakli who started stole the show with another halfway line goal for the Green Lions um, and it, to be fair it came from well inside his own half um, we'll speak to Faz shortly but first let's bring in our own Harry Jones who was at the game and on camera duty for GFC TV how you doing Harry yeah I'm good thanks I'm good good work on the camera very steady stuff um, <laughs> a big moment to capture um, for anyone who hasn't seen that goal just describe it for us oh it's just it was, it was honestly unbelievable he just picks it up sort of well in his own half comes just it's, the fact that it's not even on the halfway it's literally well in his own half it's just about in the center circle and chips the keeper his i i thought he'd missed i thought he'd hit the post and it'd come out but the ball actually hits the post goes in then comes back out so i was a bit confused on camera but yeah it's just ridiculous it was there a bit of a nervous moment as you sort of thought about holding a nerve to uh to, to follow the ball yeah no it was yeah it was tense because i thought when he, when he struck it I was like, oh he's like oh wow that could actually that can actually go in i've got to get this right and, um, yeah, just about did, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's not a goal you want to miss, for sure. Just in terms of the performance as a whole, obviously GFC have you know let slip a few late goals recently. They held on here. Um, were they good for those three points, do you think? Yeah, it was um yeah, it was quite it wasn't exactly a performance where we created many chances. I think we uh we struck when the iron was hot, um Keanu Marsh won a penalty end of the first half, which probably a little bit against the run of play. Um, second half chips they tried to push on but they didn't really threaten us too much and then you know a moment of magic we had that we had that moment of brilliant brilliance in us and uh, and chips there didn't I think and I mean their goal came out of a mistake from us so I don't think anyone could argue that um you know we deserve to get a big win and what was the feeling like at full time because that's been a really difficult couple of weeks for for the club but um yeah to, to get those three points you know what was the emotion like yeah, it was great. All the players are um, all the players are going crazy just to get just to get a massive win and finally push it over the line. Having Vancey away with them as well once again was probably big for them, big for morale um, in the squad. And then yeah, everyone sort of came together, a massive huddle, sort of saying, "Well done, lads. You know, we really deserve this. We've needed three points. We finally got it." So yeah, I can imagine it's a huge confidence booster for the lads, and hopefully they can now start to kick on a little bit. Although the problem, Tony, is I spoke to uh, Tony Vance over the weekend is they haven't got a game for a fortnight now. Just the moment yeah. when you want to start playing and, uh, and you know, they have no midweek trips and nothing next weekend. Yeah, 10 days, isn't it, until they play again back at Footslade. Um, Harry, you were at that game as well um, last week or the week before. Was it the um, the tool that, that should have yeah. been a victory? Um, that must have really stung. But to, to actually hold on here, I mean, how much, um, yeah, how much benefit are they going to feel from, from that kind of resilience? Yeah, I think it's going to be massive, honestly, because I mean that two-all draw. I think it was a, I think it was two days before that we uh, we were playing Ashford at home and it ended one-nil with that ninety-fourth-minute winner. I think it was, and then two days later to uh, to respond with such a good performance for ninety minutes and get it just snatched away at the end. It's just you know it's so it must have been so heartbreaking for all the boys. So to go away to Chipstead, 
bit of a bit of a tougher opponent to be fair than our last than our last away trip and to deliver a performance like that and get a win i can imagine it's only good for the lads and it sort of gives them the belief that they can go and win these games on the road because it's been tough it's been tough for guernsey on the road especially early on this year so i think that chipstead win is is going to do the lads the world of good yeah absolutely and there was a full debut a start first start for dave meris um 42 years old formerly of york city bells man of course locally how did he fare yeah, he did really well. Played ninety minutes. Um, he got he got about really well. Uh, just it was just sort of a performance where I'd say he looked comfortable in the uh, in central midfield. It never really looked like um, never like he was threatened or getting you know physically dominated or anything like that. He just he sort of went a little bit under the radar. Did all the dirty work he had to do and. Yeah, I was, I was actually very encouraged by his performance and the performance for everyone, to be honest. And I think it was uh, Keanu Marsh who won the penalty. He's looked really good in the last few weeks. You know, he's yeah. sort of quick as anyone. Um, mm-hmm. And when he does get in behind and, and, you know, put defenders under pressure, you almost think kind of anything's possible. Did he stand out on the day? Yeah, I honestly, apart from his, because um, he made an error that actually led to, led to their goal, which is a shame because before that he played and after that he played so well. It was, I think he was probably one of our best couple of players on the day. Easily, I'm obviously fans at that moment, but overall, Keanu was was brilliant. He's the self self proclaimed quickest right back in the division, and <laughs> it's um, it's something we always bring up on commentary. It's probably quite hard to argue with because when he gets going, he's he's absolutely lightning. He can beat any fullback when he gets on the ball and can push forward. And when he's playing like that, he's just he's just such a big asset to have for the Green Lions. I wouldn't say we're the we're the quickest squad in such a in such an athletic and physically dominant league to have someone like Keanu is is big we'll leave it there Harry thanks for joining us for a few minutes I think you've got a flight to catch so uh, we might see you soon yeah thank you for having me Uh, and maybe turning up for Verrek while you're back do you think I hope so yeah but gaming is bells Saturday be nice to um, be nice to be included hopefully well we'll see if you make the cut there thanks very much and safe trip back well we can now talk to the man himself Will Fazakali hey Will hello you're right how's it going yeah, not bad, thank you. Not bad. I'm sure the uh, the phone's been lighting up over the last um, sort of 24 hours or so. Uh, your goal has been gone yeah. sort of semi-viral. I mean, what's the secret behind these halfway line goals? The second time you've done it? Yeah, I don't really know to be honest. I don't. Yeah, I'm not really too sure what's going on. <laughs> uh, it's just one of them, isn't it? I, I think when you see the keeper like quite far 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 off his line. I don't know. It just sort of sticks in your head for some reason, and I don't know where I don't know where I get the confidence from, if I'm honest. But yeah, luckily, yeah, luckily I've got got lucky twice now. So, well, there was one one at home a couple of weeks ago where I think you attempted in it, kind of dribbled wide, and the key, the keeper, um, yeah, I think gave you a little bit back about you know being that audacious. Um, but this one yeah, just flew in off the you, post. You um, got, to be, got to be willing to to make yourself look like a bit of a fool as well. So <laughs> maybe you should yeah, just play that little bit deeper and let fly more often. Yeah, yeah, maybe. We'll see, we'll see. That goal aside, obviously it's been a bit of a tricky couple of weeks for GFC. I mean, how much did it mean for you guys to win on Saturday? Yeah, it was massive, you know. We we, we have had a, a tough couple of weeks, you know. That's You can't really lie about it. But yeah, I thought I thought we were excellent Saturday. I thought everyone on the team, you know, did, did their roles uh, amazingly, if I'm honest. Yeah, and the boys did amazing, you know, to hold out for, for the win. So yeah, it meant a lot, it meant a lot to all of us. Will, I noted you came off pretty soon after you scored. Are you okay? Yeah, I, I was chasing one of the one of their uh, their left back down, I think, in the corner and slipped and just felt a little tinge in, in my calf. The pitch was like the pitch was very heavy yesterday. There's been a lot of rain, I think, over in the UK. So I think maybe it, just jumping all the time, trying to win headers and stuff, just took its toll really. But um, yeah, I, I thought I'd come off just precautionary, so I, just, I didn't t- like cause a tear or anything like that. So. Yeah, I think I think I'll be fine. Obviously, luckily we've got a week off next next week, so 
um, yeah, should should be fine for the week on Saturday. And actually, on that on that point, we spoke to Glenn Latissio last week about the physicality of playing at uh, Isthmian level. How do you find it? I mean, clearly you're a bit uh, bigger than Glenn is, but how do you find the uh, the job of being the the number nine in the, in these these level of games? It's it's hard work. Like I, I'm not going to lie about it. Like, even for even for a, a big guy, you know, most of the guys we play against are you know around my size anyway. So it, it is difficult. Um, but you know that's that's my sort of game, really, isn't it? I'm, I'd like to be quite physical and I like to feel the contact. So I love it personally. Yeah, it, it's my sort of game. Um, so it's, it fits me well. So yeah, I, I enjoy it. And that's two goals in three for you personally, including that really nice um, team move that you finished off a couple of weeks ago. Obviously a disappointing night, but but you know that goal really stood out. Do you feel like you're starting to get the best out of yourself? You know, you missed a, a good chunk of last season, but um, yeah, does it feel like things are starting to click? Yeah, it does. Yeah, I'm. I feel quite comfortable in the in the position I'm playing now. I know what the the team is asking of me now. Um, and obviously, I feel I've, I'm getting a lot fitter. I've lost quite a bit of weight from you know when I first started coming back training, which has obviously helped. So yeah, I feel I feel good at the moment. I think the teams are slowly starting to get and like buy into the way we want to play. Um, Obviously, which is good, and ho- hopefully a few more chances can come my way because, you know, we've we've struggled as a team to create chances for each other so far. So, you know, hopefully we can we can start we can start doing that for each other and yeah, start winning some more games. What would you see Will as being your kind of target for for goals in a season? I mean, you're, nobody's expecting kind of Ross Allen levels, but if you're going to play every game at, at number nine, what do you think you should be coming out with at the end of the season? Well, I mean, I'd like. Lo- I'd like to score 15. That's that's been my target at the start of this season. Um, you know, I haven't played a full season of GFC since my first season, and uh, yeah, obviously that was a bit of a nightmare. But we don't need to talk about that one. Um, but yeah, I think I think 15, 15 goals, I'd be happy with. Yeah, and obviously any more, I'd be I'd be delighted with. But yeah, I think that's a fair target for me, to be honest. Because when we looked at it at the start of the season and the, the players that had, you know come forward and wanting to commit as well to to GFC you know Danny Hale um Sam Murray Keen Domali emerged at the end of the, the the previous season with you back Ross you know there, there is a sort of you know there's a, a cavalcade of strikers there who all um could score a lot of goals locally is it has it been difficult to sort of work out exactly who's doing what and, and actually kind of gel those those attacking talents together so far I think so yeah like I, I don't think people quite appreciate um, the difference between like almost like the step up between Prio football and um, obviously GFC, so it does take time for these guys to like adapt to the way that it's played because it is completely different. So we can't really we can't really expect guys who you know maybe perform well in the Prio to come on step in and perform amazingly for GFC. And obviously there's there is a lot of lads that haven't played very much together, like me, Danny and Muzz haven't really played together at all. Um, um, until the start of this season so it is just learning how each other play and you know people do have to expect that it might take a little bit of time and it has done but you know I feel like we're slowly starting to gel with each other now and obviously Saturday was a good example of that I thought Danny and Muzz were, were excellent on Saturday so you know hopefully we can because hopefully we can start a, a decent little partnership up there because I, I don't think especially if I don't think if many Defences will want to come up against me and Muzz if me and Muzz are firing. So 
Is Fingers interesting? crossed. Oh, sorry, Will. Is it interesting that they um, either are currently splitting their time between the Premier League and GFC, whereas you, I think, beyond your first season at Rovers, haven't really played hardly any local domestic football. Is, um, is that a conscious decision that you've made that you just wanted to commit to GFC? Yeah, a full season of GFC is so demanding on your body. And I, I just think that whenever I've got a weekend off, you know, I feel like it, it's good to let your body sort of recover because your body does, does take a toll playing. I can't remember how many games a season it is, but, you know, it's a lot of games, a lot of travelling. So when I've got a weekend off, I like, I like to sort of enjoy it. So I, that's why I've got full respect to them for doing both because, yeah, I don't know. I think I'll be I'll be a bit more broken than what I already am. <laughs> I think it's fair to say as well, Will, that you know you divide opinion among some supporters. D- does the reaction from from you know the sidelines affect you at all? Because um, obviously, I suppose the most important thing is that the coaches clearly trust you, and you know you're you're kind of a fixture in the side when fit. No, most most of the time, you know, some of the stuff is 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 funny to to read <laughs> and stuff like that. It, it is quite amusing some of the times, but. Like, I'm not going to lie, sometimes you do read it and you do question like where like the reasons why people are saying that. Like There was, there was one a few weeks ago where I got man of the match and I, did, I think I, I, I'd had like an alright game, not an amazing one. And then people were still, you know, making comments at me on Twitter and stuff. And just, you just think, <laughs> what, 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 what have I done wrong compared to everyone else? But, you know, everyone's, everyone's like, everyone's got their own opinions and, yeah, so most of, it is funny to be fair. I, I do, I, and obviously my mates will love it as well. They always jump on the bandwagon and go along with it. So it is just like a, it is just like a big laugh within my sort of friendship group. So as long as they're happy, I suppose. Uh, well, in terms of your approach to football, how much do you take from your days as a professional cricketer? Quite a lot, I think. To be honest, uh, I, I just think the, the attitude of winning. To be honest, I think. I don't know. I just, I, I just hate losing. I don't know if that's like coming. I don't know if that's like a professional's attitude or what. But yeah, when when we lose a game, like you don't, re- you don't really want to talk to me after the game or anything like that. So I don't know. Maybe that, maybe that's a bit a part of it. Well, good to have that winning mentality for sure. I mean, in terms of the three points on Saturday, coming off the field and and you know traveling about with the guys, does it feel like it could be a turning point? I don't think so, to be honest. You know, even though our results haven't haven't looked too bad, or haven't looked sorry too too good, you know, we haven't been too far off in in most of the games. So, like we've had a few late equalisers and and stuff like that. And so, eradicate them out, and obviously the the our position at the table looks very different. So I don't feel like we are that far off, even though we have been playing really really poor. So. You know, if we can start to improve the way we're playing, and it seems like we did that on Saturday, then I can I can see us doing all right this season for sure. So, fingers crossed, we can take that momentum into um, a week on Saturday. And obviously, we got a few we got a few difficult games coming up. I think we're playing the top four in our next in our next game. So, um, you know, that'll be a good test for us. But we've got a few players coming back in now. Um, I think everyone's full of confidence after Saturday. So. You know, we're excited for it, for sure. Well, that's good. I'm sure people will be looking forward to the next home game in 10 days' time or so. Uh, cheers, Will. Great to see you doing that on uh, Saturday again. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be watching out for, for you picking up the ball in your own half uh, yeah, when <laughs> that, that game comes around. All right. Well, thank you very much for having me. Nice one. All the best.
GFC's Will Fazakli speaking to us there. Uh, yeah, what a fantastic goal. Uh, GFC don't play until a week on Saturday now, as we said, um, when they welcome Westfield uh, to Footslane. Westfield 10th in the table. Um, so we'll look forward to seeing that one. Uh, right, let's have a look back at what's been happening locally. It's after losing uh, their coach, Leo Meekin Saints, um, beat Bells in the FA Cup 4-1 last midweek. And uh, they were in action again at the weekend against um, Sylvans. Um, Benoit Meyer, uh, who is new to the team here at the Genzie Press, uh, was down there. Welcome to the pod. Great to see you. Thank you very much. Uh, and you were, yeah, at uh, Sylvan's for what turned out to be quite an interesting game uh, between them and Saints. Um, just talk us through how it played out. Yeah, no, very interesting game. Um, obviously, Sylvan's losing 8-1 um, in their last game. Uh, it was expected that Saints would be the winners. Um, but no, Sylvan's played really well. Um, uh, Saints scored the first goal, uh, but Sylvan's came back. With a bit of a controversial goal, some would say. Um, apparently kicking it out of the keeper's hands, but the referee had decided that it was not in not in his control uh, and the game carried on. Uh, the contro- controversy boiled over um, into the second half with uh, Saints' goal um, when the Sylvans players were convinced that Alex Russell was in an offside position. Uh, a lot of back and forth um, between the keeper um, and the referee uh, ended up in him getting simbined and also Miles Pengeli getting a simbin as well. So Sylvans down to nine men for 10 minutes. This looked to be the end of it. Um, Saints attacking, attacking. There wasn't much action um, for Sylvans on the other end. Um, but substitute keeper Callum Gilson was um, fabulous, making loads of reflex saves, even tipping one onto the bar from a wonder strike from Finley Duport. Towards when they, when Sylvans had their players back on the pitch, um, it looked a bit, a bit more hope for Sylvans. Uh, a lot more attacking. Kyle Smith making runs down the wing. The wing backs were brilliant. Um, and Sylvans did get their goal back with Harry Hutchinson um, around the 85th minute and it looked like Sylvans could make a comeback of the century um, unfortunately they couldn't but it wasn't without trying um, lo- loads of effort lots of energy right to the last minute and yeah very interesting game to watch oh, really promising for Sylvans then given that yeah they've had a really tough start to the season just three points on the board and not a bad game for um, uh, Benoit's debut as well as a press reporter yeah, is it? yeah, yeah. true next sure your stuff to write about um, well we better get Jim's take as the sort of professional referee in the room on that incident well I know obviously everybody can view it for themselves because it's on the Sylvan's Twitter so the, the, the footage somehow somebody's recorded it so it's definitely worth a look uh, you'd say with the benefit of, uh, of multiple replays you think that the keeper probably has got his hands on the ball um, but it's you know in real time those are very very difficult decisions to give generally people expect goalkeepers to be protected and as a result it would have been easier for the referee to disallow the goal rather than to give it but uh, if that's what uh, Brett Blondel believed, then uh, fair play to him, yeah. Yeah, very interesting one. Uh, as you say, it's on the Sylvan's Twitter feed, so go and have a look if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, Benoit, I mean, overall, Nick Sylvan's disappointed not to come away with something from the game, despite the fact they yeah they lost uh, a couple of players to Simbins at crucial time. Yeah, well, I'd say that the Simbins was really what killed it for Sylvan's. Obviously, nine men, uh, there was nothing going. Um, but yeah, as I said, when, when they got their players back, they were really pushing for the goals, really attacking uh, Saints. Saints looked a bit worried at the back sometimes, um, as I said, Cole Smith just running through, um, using his pace and his uh, physicality to make uh, make attacks. Um, but yeah, uh, I would say Sylvans could 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 be a bit unlucky not to get the um, the draw. But also Saints were really good, so it could have gone either way. I suspect though that might have been a first in prayer football as well. I don't think I've heard it before of a keeper being simbined. Because did Callum Gilson stay on the pitch? Yeah, Callum Gilson stayed yeah. on the pitch. He but but because well. uh, with with no rolling subs, mm. you know, it was it, it wouldn't, wouldn't be possible for uh, 
for Nick Batty to come back on in that situation, no. I guess. So, yeah, but I'm, you know, uh, the the aggravation of simbining a goalkeeper, particularly if there's no sub keeper on the bench, uh, could be quite uh, awkward, really, because somebody else would have to take the gloves and the shirt. And then if the player was to come back on, which I guess he could if he hadn't been substituted, you know, if, if it was another uh, another kind of game. I mean, that's the thing. Goalkeeper, I think, would have to be formally substituted. I can't see how... Oh, yeah, you'd have had to take another player off to bring your reserve goalkeeper on. Otherwise, somebody else would have had to take in the gloves. So there's no way that Nick Batty's could have come back, uh, which is, you know, interesting move. I don't think I've seen that before. Quite a challenging afternoon for the officials. There yeah, I'd say day. so. Yeah. Yeah. Glad you went on the line for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, good result for Saints, obviously, on the day and a good week for them after, you know, what was a, a, probably a destabilising couple of days. They've got an interesting weekend as well um, with Grooville coming to Guernsey in the Jeremy Cup. And indeed, they play Rovers uh, on Tuesday I mean, evening. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, Saints, while everybody else seems to be taking a bit of a break, Saints are a uh, hell for leather at the moment playing <laughs> massive games. Yeah, so big game against Rovers um, and a big game um, against Greville at the weekend so uh, yeah all to do um, for Saints in the next few days and really I mean okay it's, you know we've talked a lot about Saints and, and their games this is a massive game for Rovers if Rovers were to win this game they would perhaps be putting a marker down to say hey North yeah you have got a challenge for this title kind of thing so that I think tomorrow night will be interesting yeah Tuesday night at Blanche Pierre Lane uh, Benoit thanks very much for coming and tell us about that game Thank and you uh, yeah you're, you're probably due a nil nil in your next report yeah hopefully not yeah great to have you in and we'll see you soon thank you very much Right, that's almost it from us, um, but just a, a few more bits to, to wrap up. And uh, Jim, you were at um, a really interesting junior game at the weekend because, um, yeah, something novel as far as Alderney is concerned. Well, given how quiet the uh, the programme was at the weekend, uh, I thought, uh, I you know, looked through the fixtures and noticed that Alderney were playing up at Blanchepierre Lane uh, on 9.30 on Saturday morning. So Good effort. I popped along there to see what was going on. And um, uh, interestingly enough, they were playing seven aside against uh, St Martins when I got there because while Alderney had brought nine players over, uh, St Martin's only had seven, I think, uh, ravaged by half-term holidays. So they played seven aside. At half-time, Alderney were 3-1 three, uh, three, down. Uh, but then with the benefit of the slope on the second pitch at Blanche-Pierre Lane, I think they got a bit keen to it, uh, over-attack and kept on getting caught on the counter and ended up losing 7-1. But it was a good uh, good performance from, you know, from the Alderney uh, players. Some of them... Um, uh, did stand out uh, a little bit and you think there's a bit of a future there but uh, and interestingly enough their coach is now Alan Adamson who of course used to be the uh, Alderney Marathi coach and indeed the, the Prio League uh, Nomads coach as well for, for many years so he's moved down and working with that uh, younger age group now I mean it's you know, really tough can you imagine being a young footballer in Alderney and actually their record of bringing players through for such a tiny community is outstanding really um you know and certainly Alan was around at the time when the bulk of that Nomads team currently were, were coming through uh you know Josh Concannon um Ross Benfield but also Alan's two sons uh John and Andrew um you know so and he was telling me on Saturday about it that at those times Alderney had a three-team Sunday league. So Saturdays would be training day, Sunday would be match day, uh, and three teams in a, in a junior league all playing nine-a-side with subs. So back in those days, they had kind of, you know, 30-odd uh, kids involved. Um, again, obviously really tough for a tiny community as well that to play 
games you know they are limited to playing in that two-year age band so under 13s they can use 13 year olds and 12 year olds but they also brought over a group of 11 year olds to uh, play and train with St Martins over uh, on on Saturday morning and Alan said to me he thought you know some of those 11 year olds would actually get in the you know would get in the under 13 team but of course they can't use them in a formal fixture uh, so that's you know that's a, a real challenge that you know the the rules don't help at a tiny community such as Alderney but you know it's quite remarkable to think that some of those uh, lads playing on uh, on Saturday could be playing Priya football in three years time yeah amazing and just well, yeah fantastic to see Alderney involved uh, you know, at those age groups playing against Guernsey sides. I think I'm right in saying it's the first time that they've had a sort of formal arrangement, if you like, but they're not in the league. Are they? No, that's right. They're not formally in the league. They did apply to do so, but the Guernsey clubs wouldn't uh, reciprocate by paying a visit up to Alderney with their under-13s. You know, you can you can understand that uh, a, little, a little bit. You know, it's an expensive day out, but also if you, if you were to get um, fogged in or trapped in Alderney uh, overnight with a group of 13-year-olds and uh, one or two coaches, it would be rather awkward. So I can understand the, the, the reluctance to do it. But so what they've got now, I think, is Alderney effectively are coming over every month and playing a uh, you know, playing another team in the league. So they had a game against North, I think, in September, and this was their game in October. And yeah, they, and they put up a decent effort and I'm sure that with every trip, they'll, they'll learn a bit more and get a bit better. Obviously, you know, they're not normally playing with offsides and things like that. So there's a lot to learn when you when you move on to a, a, a biggish nine-a-side pitch. Yeah, well, really good to see. Um, moving up a couple of age groups, uh, I think you've been keeping a track on the under-18 stuff and it's starting to get exciting. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, the league is uh, is really interesting this year. Um, there was a full round of fixtures uh, on uh, on Sunday, uh, and the most noteworthy result was uh, St. Peter's in the afternoon, where um, Sylvans held North, who've been the perennial title winners in this age group, to a three-all draw. Now, Sylvans at, at top of the league, they're unbeaten so far this season, and uh, but they have a team of entirely under 17s not under 18s so they you know they won the under 16 league last year but they're proving remarkably successful at the moment and um Sylvans are uh, actively encouraging their participation in the prio as well i think three of the um sunday squad were involved uh, in their game against st martins on on saturday um north though are still unbeaten as well but they've now played five games and drawn three of them so but realistically i think for for the you know, the true spice in the league, somebody's going to have to beat North. Um, I think is you know because obviously taking draws uh, does damage um, a team's prospects, but not you know it damages yourself as well. So really, you have to uh, you know if you want to win the league, you have to beat the best, uh, and so that's the challenge for the for the other sides in that league. But it's it's really good to see a competitive uh, under eighteen uh, competition. Yeah, and Rovers and Rangers and Saints all picking up points as well. So it's um yeah you know. It's, it's, it's all to play for in that division. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, great stuff. Um, speak of under 18s, um, someone who's a little bit further advanced in his career is Luke Harris from Jersey. He got on uh, the pitch um, for Fulham against Aston Villa last week um, for a few minutes as a sub. Um, the first Channel Islanders to play in the Premier League for 17 years um, since Graham Lasseau, um, who played his last top flight game in 2005. So I think we've got to say congratulations to him and uh between him and Alex Scott and, uh, and a few others coming through, it's such a promising time. Uh, and indeed, he's potentially got a World Cup spot to yeah. uh, to fight for. I, I, I guess the World Cup's probably come a little bit too early for, or, or too soon for, uh, for for Luke and his career. But 
So he is the current, so he would have been in the under 18 age group currently. Uh, I seem to recall the uh, Aztec um, squad back in the day went over to Jersey and played against the Jersey Academy with Luke involved because there were, you know, lots of awed whispers about this lad who was with Fulham at the time and he must have been, what, nine or ten, you know? So, uh, yeah, fair play to him for making it all the way. Yeah, quite uh, really impressive stuff and uh, we'll see how many more um, minutes he gets this season for Fulham. Fulham obviously doing really well. Um, so, yeah, good place to be um, for him. Right, that's just about it. Just a reminder that, uh, yeah, Rovers go up to Saints on Tuesday night uh, for that big FNB Premier League game will be at that one. Um, then on the weekend, there's a couple more league games. Alderney are at Rangers and Vailrec host Bells. Um, there's a FA Cup game with Rovers taking on their vets on Saturday. In fact, there's a double header Rovers, uh, Rovers double header, if you know what I mean, um, <laughs> uh, this weekend because Rovers play, Rovers Premier play Rovers vets in the FA Cup. Uh, and then on Sunday, Rovers under-18s play Rovers Railway in the Railway Shield. So, uh, yeah, it's sort of party time at Portsmouth this weekend. <laughs> uh, and we mentioned it before as well, Saints taking on Grooville in the semis of the Jeremy Cup on Saturday at half 12. The only Guernsey side left in the last four. And uh, a big challenge, Grooville, top of the Premiership in Jersey. They won 11-0 at the weekend against Portuguese United, who are the bottom side. Uh, they beat North 5-2 in the quarterfinals. And, of course, they beat Saints 8-2 in the WeeWay over in Jersey uh, a couple of weeks. Ago. Yeah, that sounds a little tough, but I mean, you, you, we've had we've had too long really where Guernsey teams haven't been competitive at all in the Channel Island Cups, and and really you don't. I think didn't last year we had three sides in the semi-finals of the Wee Way, but only one in the in the Jeremy, and uh, you know you really want to keep some Guernsey representation. You know those inter-island cups, we just don't want to hand them all over to Jersey. So uh, very much uh, best of luck for Saints at the weekend. Yeah, I'm sure they'll be highly motivated after the the, uh, the result over in Jersey. So. And indeed, I mean. Who wouldn't be highly motivated by the chance to get your hands back on the real Jeremy Cup? Exactly. Is it back in the island yet? Uh, we're not sure. Uh, we're checking that out at the moment, but hopefully it should be uh, uh, you know, getting pretty close. Right, cool. Yep, that is it from us for now. Thanks again to Rehoy and Son um, for their support of the show. We'll be back next Monday with another Gens Press Football podcast. Um, and if you're not already, uh, as ever, give us a follow on social media at GSY Press Sport. It's the place to go and hit follow or subscribe wherever you're getting your podcast to get every show delivered straight to you. Um, cheers, Jim. We'll see you next week. Cheers, Tony. Thank you.